London smoking Smoke another blunt, roll another up You know the wicked really ease your mind Every time I smoke a river that in know how it makes me fly If everybody smoked a river, leave the mind the world could be a better place If everybody took a break and we all just get wasted Smoke dark, dark, smoke dark, choke dark, dark Pull another O out Oh, good afternoon. You're listening to Cannabis Corner on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, broadcasting live from downtown New Haven. We are streaming live on TuneIn Radio and NewHavenIndependent.org, and we're also streaming live video on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com slash NewHavenIndependent, or go to your Facebook page and look us up, and you can also hit see first to hear and see all the great programs we have here on WNHHLP, and Cannabis Corner is also streaming on Greenhaven Media and ProCannabisMedia.com. Good afternoon, everybody. It is Monday, October the 9th, 2023. It is Indigenous Peoples Day, and I am joined by my illustrious co-host, Hemp Farmer Lou, Uncle Lou. How are you doing today? Hey, what's going on, good brother? You know, just uh, maintaining, pushing through the day, and uh, I guess keeping a smile on our face, I guess, right? (laughs) Happy Indigenous Peoples Day, yeah. Yeah, The only Christopher I acknowledge is Wallace. That's Um, it, baby. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it used to be Columbus Day till we found out what Columbus was really about. Well, and we kind of knew about it for forever either way. Just well, the yeah, I'm Puerto Rican, <laughs> the Puerto Ricans, and the people down there, the Dominicans, and everybody down in that area, they knew already what Columbus <laughs> was about. And finally, they got the word out, which is good, <laughs> and they spread it. And they were they actually changed the name of the day. To indigenous peoples, you know, locally and statewide and things like that. Yeah, so there's a lot more recognition going on, Joe, and it's really cool about that. But at the same time, you know, history, yeah, history yeah. And we understand what it is and let's yeah. uh, push it in, you know. And I think it's cool that the truth finally came out because honestly, during when I was growing up in school, there was nothing. Columbus was a hero or whatever, you know, he discovered right. America. And I'm glad that uh, I finally found out the truth. And, uh, you know, in my eyes, it's almost like they probably just should have canceled it once they found out about them. But that's the thing. <laughs> I'm glad they kind of flipped this, this, the uh, script. And well, there were a lot a... of, uh, yeah, I'm with it. There was a lot of holidays that really opened up. And, you know, now we have Juneteenth and we have a lot more re- representation. And you know that's what America is. It's the uh, the true melting pot of the uh, of the world. You know, it's yeah. the country that was founded by so many different countries. And I was having this conversation with my daughter because uh, my kids are mixed; they're Italian and Puerto Rican. Right. And, uh, so they get now they're learning about cultures outside of what they've learned at home. You know, their their mother has a very Italian American upbringing from up from you know Westchester, New York, and then. You know, their father has a very New York City, Puerto Rican upbringing um, where they get the mix of on their grandparents and great grandparents. You know, their their great grandmother is the old Italian lady from Westchester that very much still embodies that. So it's pretty cool that they get to see that. And then they have very, very Puerto Rican grandparents from the island where they get to see that as well. So they get the hot pot, as I like to say. So, you know, explaining these things to them has become an ongoing topic, you know, like 
My daughter asked, why do certain uh, states in the South speak different like languages like Creole and French? And so you now you get to explain like there's different settlers from all over the world that settled in the United States to make the melting pot we have today. You know, like the Amish that come from Dutch countries and German countries and, you know, the different, you know, Latino, different California, right, different Mexican, you know, yeah. So that's where, you know, you get that information. And she was really, she was like, wow, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot going on. And I, and then we, we circled it back to food. So, you know what I mean? That's why the U.S. has so many amazing different foods in it. Right, right. You know, they always say, well, name one food that originated in the u.s well our foods are a combination of all different uh nations you know what i mean yeah right. you got italian middle eastern you know what they originated what's in american the fare ribs ribs <laughs> you mean like what's the american fare you know because yeah, like they say like food. oh hamburgers um were invented actually in hamburg germany and then they say hot dogs well they're actually from germany as well from the bratwurst so what is a real indigenous like food that comes that Americans invented? And the only thing I could think of was ribs. <laughs> and a lot of the southern foods, I'm sure, are pretty unique to this country. And I think that a lot of that comes to uh, the times of slavery and indentured servitude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And But, you know, real native food, there's native food. You can go out and find some native food. You know what I mean? There are some restaurants in the city that yeah, offer native fare. And this is indigenous to the actual native Americans. But, you know, culturally, the new culture of what America is, if you go overseas and it says it's an American fare, it's like Applebee's or Chili's or TGI Friday's. That's what yeah, they yeah, kind of yeah, think yeah. what American, modern American food. Um, yeah, which is really a mix of different. Uh, now foods. I would say now I would say modern American food from the stoner I am who probably eats out more than I need to. Um, you know, American modern American fare I would say is like the quick service restaurants that we have, like um Yeah. Like the um like the um uh chilies and that stuff. Yeah, what's the next level up that now people like they're changed too? But like uh, Hamden's got one now, and they're like I forget what they're called, Oak and Table or whatever these are nowadays. Oh yeah, they're those nice, mid-level, right? Yeah, they're nicer than Applebee's, but you know, there's yeah. still fifteen of them in in a ten mile yeah. radius. <laughs> I know what you mean, like Dakota Steakhouse used to be. In yeah, that type of stuff, you know. So. Yeah, we kind of got off the track with food there. You're making me hungry now, Lou. You know but... what it is? <laughs> you know what it is? I'm microdose today. Oh, okay. We're going to have an even more funner show. But This is the show for it. So, you know, I had the super munchies. So. All right. All right. Let, I'm going to bring. These are an important thing. We got our guests are here. Let's do that, brother. Yeah, let's just do, let's do that. Our first two guests today are uh, Joe Raymond from the Connecticut Canna Warriors, of course, and Sam Evans, who was on with him. And they're going to talk about a couple things. But I want to just real quick talk about the Warriors real quick. Uh, the mission is simple, direct action. You may be wondering why we have the name Canna Warriors. Um, really wanted to take the time to highlight the fact that there is one thing that unites us all, and that's cannabis. We are warriors fighting our own individual battles. 
Unity is what wins. Strength in numbers and taking action instead of just complaining. With close to 50,000 patients in our medical program, we are large and strong enough to get together and demand what is our human right. To grow, sell, and use the plant as medicine to heal ourselves. And we will not stand for anything less. That is a strong message, Joe. How are you, my friend? I am good. Hi, Joe. Hi, Lou. How are you? So um, we also have on the line with us Sam Emmons. I'm going to bring him in in a second. But um, before we get started, I wanted to just touch base. Speaking of Canna Warriors business, uh, uh, I know that there is a big rally coming up this Friday on Friday, the 13th, the luckiest day of the year. And uh, tell, tell us a little bit about that. What time does it start? What are you so, guys, what is the action about, actually? So the action is actually about the, you know, the state putting resources out there, you know, specifically uh, leasing a helicopter from the state of Massachusetts and paying for the fuel to, you know, do a dog and pony show and, and look for, you know, potentially legal grow you know, cannabis growing in Connecticut, which we know with the home grow rights, nothing outside is technically legal. So, you know, just again, it's just a lot of putting, making people feel at risk. You have patients, maybe you have them in the garden. I don't think even think there's a clear understanding for most people because most people do think that anything they grew in their garden this year was legal. Those are things we're going to try to address at the legislator this, you know, next you know, in the next few sessions and try to make that a little more clear and get some outdoor grow rights as well, because that's just crazy. We know it's just a plant. We don't need to criminalize any plants going forward. Also, you know, the great work of Christina with um, Luke Gist when he was arrested in West Hartford with 30 plus, you know, plants, a neighbor had called and complained about his garden. You know, Christina's now gotten uh hooked him up with Aaron Romano. Aaron Romano's covering him pro bono. And you know, and that's like just the the grassroots work we've been trying to do in the community. And then furthermore, you know, we're gonna go up to the governor's mansion and so oh, yeah, this is knows, not at the Capitol. I didn't make that clear. This no, so uh mansion. I actually I'm gonna look at the uh, I gotta pull the address up of the governor's mansion because I'd like to share it. Um but uh you know it's at 10 a.m over there at the governor's mansion and um, we're going to be have rally signs out there, protest signs. We're going to be, you know, doing gift gang stuff out there. And there's going to be a, a large number. We're bringing the whole family, the whole Canna Warrior family jam band out there. So, uh, so now is, um, and this came up on the uh, Chaz and AJ show when I was there the other day. Is it legal to protest? on the governor's mansion or do you need a permit because they were saying that uh well, they so did that one actually, time and they on got public kicked property. off so okay. there's a sidewalk that goes right past the mansion and we're on private well, public property um you know we want to just get this message back to his office they don't even necessarily you know that he lived there or this is just a direct action that we know we can get the message back to him that we are aware of what's going on we're you know and we're 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 still here fight like hell to make sure this <laughs> doesn't go on anymore which we you know he's been pretty reasonable through and through so we're, we're just looking to you know make it known that we're aware and we're putting our resources into 
supporting anyone that they come after with those helicopters. And then furthermore, we're going to look into what kind of policy needs to be passed to, you know, stop that. Yeah, I had a nice talk with Jason. I hung out with him this Saturday and we kind of talked about what needs to happen this session. And the outdoor grow rights was definitely a big thing that he thought we should go after because Massachusetts has it. So you might as well give it a try. I think that the outdoor grow rights are, should be inherent in all honesty. Yeah. As long as, yeah. You can't see it from, as long as you can't see it from the street, which is usually most straight laws. You know, that's that's the biggest part of it, because that's what the, yeah. the caveat in Massachusetts is. And I you know what? And I've, I don't I, I don't hide that I grow my own. You know what I mean? I take yeah. advantage of the, the laws that are in place. And with that, if you have enough land, do what you do. I'm not giving legal advice. I'm just some stoner yeah. who likes to grow his own weed. But, um, you know, you can do six plants outdoor and get yourself six pounds. And that for some people that does well. You know, I've shared tons of pictures of my father's grow in New York. And yeah. um, see, there you go. New York allows it, you know. Well, you remember, as long as you can't see it from the street and your neighbors are straight, it should be legal everywhere. I've been growing weed outdoors since I was 16 years old, and realistically, I just made sure those were kind of my provisions. And I went, even when I did it in the hood, like when I did it in East New York, Brooklyn, we're talking brownstones back to back, tiny backyards, uh, you know, three foot fence. If you grew something, everybody knew what you were growing. And that I just, I had four neighbors that neighbored my yard. I had a big German shepherd. So we had eight foot fences. But once the plant got over the fence, my neighbors on the other side used to clip the tops. And I tell them all the time, I'm like, yo, just leave, leave let it grow. And I'll give you finished product. Like, like don't, yeah, 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 yeah. It don't steal it because it's not going to be that good. Right, right. It's not ready yet. <laughs> just let it. And then I learned what, you know, uh, you know, if you were training it down, low stress training is what turned out to be. But when I was a kid, I was just trying to hide it from everybody. So I kept sticking the branches under a fence. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we yeah, got to do what we got to do. And that's, you gotta, and that's I, just I it. Rights are inherent. And that's just kind of where that I think that that goes. If you can't see it from the street, I'm not your lawyer. You're going to get in trouble if you get caught. But do what you do. You know what I mean? That's what it is. Oh, there's Christine. I didn't see you. You're off the off the (laughs) off the chart. How are you, Christine? You got anything to say about the rally? I want to bring Sam in real quick. Give the address, Christina. Yeah, do the address. We're going to be at 990 Prospect Avenue, and that's in Hartford, Connecticut, in front of in the public space in front of the governor's residence. Um, Parking will be most accessible at Elizabeth Park, which is less than a quarter block away. Um, and I'll be posting that information to Facebook and Instagram, and I think everyone will share that. Um, so everybody's invited there. And the biggest issues I think that we're seeing, not only with, you know, the use of state and military federal resources to catch people growing just a couple plants outside, um, is the lack of education and support as we've moved into legalization with the uh, growing, you know, growing being allowed. Um, the lack of, you know, outreach from the state to the community, the lack of clear definitions of the law and what that means, um, you know, and, and the general understanding of people that plants grow in the sun um, has led a lot of those people to be, you know, uncompliant by growing outside. And now they are definitely feeling the repercussions of that. And the state is doing a very good job at putting a lot of effort into 
eradicating, searching, you know, searching for those plants, eradicating them, terrorizing the residents in the state of Connecticut, um, who really are just uninformed generally. Um, even if they are informed, you know, it's a silly thing to not be able to grow plants outside well, and and it's expensive to grow them inside. <laughs> here's the deal. And then this is another thing I was talking to Jason about. Why does it have to be so criminalized? Why can't it just be, okay, we caught you growing outside. Here's a fine. You know what I mean? It should be just, if it's decrim, if it's legal and they do catch you, here's a fine. You know, don't you know do what? it again. I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I had to handle something in a courthouse this week and I sat there and they were going through everything. And I do have to say, at least in um, where I was, the young man was caught with just under a quarter pound. The fee was a hundred dollars and the judge pardoned it. Right. So he got caught. He was, he was already on a bunch of other stuff. But they literally took it in and tossed the whole thing immediately. Wow. And, and I was like, you wow. know, what does that say? How much resources and it was a quarter were pound. wasted in that? Yeah, oh, why yeah, did we waste the all the resources? Were ridiculous. The the police use was stupid. It was another thing to get a warrant to, to pull people in. Um, and then it shows once it gets into the legal system, this is where that disconnect between the law enforcement portion and the actual legal interpretation are really skewed and there's a lot of money wasted as you're saying right now you know what i mean like there should have been no issue with the cannabis because yeah, especially if they knew it you know already I mean? it's like okay we already know you're doing it just walk up to them why you gotta walk up yeah. to the freaking house and say like i said here's a fine <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to mention also that, you know, I think a lot, it, we're in Connecticut, you know, this is a highly urban area. We, we have, a, they have a lot other bigger things to worry about violent crimes, et cetera. And, and cannabis for most of these, you know, law enforcement officers, I don't even think it's, I think a lot of them feel it's a waste of time to go and try to bust yeah. for, for some plants. I know, yeah. you know, you know, here in Hamden and even New Haven, they're pretty, you know, they're not, they don't have time to, it's not the priority, things. you know, and it sucks yeah. when they're forced, you know, and that's where they're forced. Their hand is forced and it's like dead. Like, yeah, I, I don't I really This is ridiculous. You know, and, why are you making us go after it? And even the judges are probably going, get this weed. I don't want to see this weed stuff. We're done with so it. So in this situation in West Hartford where the patient was growing uh, outside mistakenly, right, and, and the neighbors could see it, although it was in a fenced-in area, one particular neighbor was up high and could see over the fence, and they were pretty big. It's a disabled patient struggling, unknowingly growing outside, you know. Um, you know, in that case, he, he told me when the law enforcement came in, they were profusely apologizing to him for yeah. what they had to do. Um, and, you know, where are these orders coming from? I'm not sure. I think we should look to places like the Department of Consumer Protection, which is overseeing, you know, drug control as well as the cannabis program um, and see why these things are still being either enforced or allowed, you know, to be enforced, um, you know, in you that know, that's brutal, such a brutal way. That's and that's really tough because on the same side, and it's really, and I advocate for everybody who wants to change a law or support for your freedoms, go to your town hall meetings, go to your city planning meetings, go to your community management team meetings. Why? 
because as much noise and as much advocacy as we're doing on this side, and a lot of them aren't showing up to this, they're not, they're out advocating the way they want to in the channels that they want to call it the most bureaucracy style, but they're the ones literally talking to the, to the aldermen of their, of their community. And they're pushing it from every level from the bottom all the way up. So this is what I'm telling you. If you want it to be free and accessible, go to your community management meetings, go to your board of older meetings, go to the smallest, lowest level of government that governs your, your square footage of area, because your neighbor is the one that's calling the cops. 19 times in a row and the cops yeah. can't they they and i when i was arrested it was because a neighbor called every day for six months and then at what point that neighbor says i've called the cops every day for six months why have they not done something about it right now forces their hands are forced by a neighbor you know and right. this is where you're you can just tell people listen if you see something just leave the dude alone like, why do you have to feel like you have to govern other people in your, you know, that's that. And Karen mentality, Karen. <laughs> and I'm dealing with that. I deal with that now in a situation, you know, I'm in with my, my private space. You know, I have a neighbor who calls the cops on me five times a week. And it's like, I, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm like, we, I've taken these punches in the face in the legacy market for how many years, you know, 20 plus years, you know, and now I've, you know, things are legal and people are still offended by my smell, by my, you know, and it's, and it's things like that. That's literally her complaint, the way, you know, it smells when I'm around. Well, I can't help it. I'm a, you know, I'm a patient. I, 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 you know, I, like that's my healing. The same way I feel about it. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter the way you smell. They shouldn't discriminate against you because of the no. way you smell. No. All right. So listen, I want to move on. Just remember this Friday, the 13th, there's a, a rally. Joe, let's talk about mushrooms with Sam. And then I want to bring in Kimora and she's going to join the discussion too. But get started okay. with Sam there with so the mushrooms. Really quick. Speaking of local level. Yeah, we, we've been taking things very locally. The Can of Warriors within Hamden. We're doing a lot of you know, donations right into their community center and stuff like that. But another thing we're working on is trying to, you know, help with drug policy in town. And so, you know, we've been talking for weeks with Jason. We did some meetings with the national group base staters from, uh, with their organizer, James Davis. And through talking, me and Sammy uh, decided we were going to do a petition within, you know, the bizarre community gatherings. And, and through that, they've been doing that through July, uh, Sammy and two other folks, my, my friends, uh, Val and my friend Paul, and, you know, they're, they're, they've been just getting out to the community and telling them what, you know, psychedelic decriminalization looks like, what it does, the benefits of it. And I'm going to let Sammy go from here. He's online. He's on a call too, and, and really get into the meat and potatoes of it real quick for you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. Pleasure to be here. Let Thank me bring in Kamora real quick so she Absolutely. can join Okay. okay, so uh, the, our next guest is Kamora Harrington, and uh, she is a mother first, and in all ways that a mother is, she is the founder and visionary of Kamora's Cultural Corner and is an active cultural humility presenter and educator who began her formal career as a teacher in the city of Hartford's early learning centers. Kamora is a member of the National Black Justice Coalition, NJBC Advisory Council, founding member of Connecticut Black Woman, and the 2018 Advocates Magazine Champion of Change recipient for the state of Connecticut. 
Kamora's Cultural Corner creates and navigates brave spaces with the intention of supporting organic community connections. We use cultural humility as a process for accepting our own limitations. Those who practice cultural humility work to increase self-awareness in their own biases, perceptions, and engage in a lifelong self-reflection process of how to put these aside and learn. Kamora, how are you? I'm doing great, and I'm happy that you got me here right in time for the mushroom conversation. Exactly. <laughs> first things first. Yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> Come on, everybody. Yeah. Quick. I know happy Christine really wanted <laughs> to sing birthday. real quick. So ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. <laughs> Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to birthday. you. Happy, Happy birthday, Comora. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. you. All right. Many blessings. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. For a birthday. Cool. All right. Comora, <laughs> we're going to talk about what's happening over at the, the cultural. Um, corner there but let's hear about mushrooms first then maybe we can all have a very spirited discussion and i know lou is is going to be very involved in that because he's already partaking he's so already go ahead <laughs> sam all righty pleasure to be here right so i'm a social worker I, i'm you know graduated from yukon uh social work school about a few years ago so i've been practicing ever since uh you know uh, on the books of course uh as a residential uh social worker uh, for an adolescent facility currently. Um, but so I'm knowledgeable in not only conventional therapeutic modalities, but also what mainstream medical practitioners might uh, deem or posit as unconventional treatments or modalities, such like, you know, this emerging psychedelic assisted therapy uh, framework as clinical trials and new research into psychedelics takes place in, within our westernized medical and academic systems. Now, since, as Joe was saying, early July, and with the help of him and Christine and all the Connecticut uh, can of warriors, you know, we've been working with a small team to educate members of the Connecticut cannabis community over at the High Bazaar on the potential medicinal and therapeutic benefits, as well as you know, some of the risks of entheogenic or psychedelic plant, fungi, and cacti substances. Uh, along with working to collect signatures, as Joe had mentioned, with you know, for a local petition. Uh, and a measure to decriminalize uh, or deprioritize right to the lowest level for law enforcement to possession, cultivation, gifting, and use of psilocybin containing mushrooms in Hamden. Okay, so we also hope to expand this potential measure to include, uh, you know, some other additional plants and cacti such as San Pedro cactus, so mescaline, That's um, aboga, so ibogaine, um, and the team have also been working to educate those in the community on how to join in on this effort to decriminalize these plant medicines and exercise their right to advocate for alternative ways to heal, such as with these plant medicines and their use outside of clinical contexts. As many have been harmed uh, by the medical system and may no longer hold trust or faith in it, right? Well, no, exactly, Sam. So what you're saying mm -hmm. is you're doing this on a local level. So you're trying to get the city of Hamden specifically right now, like mm -hmm. almost as a test, 
to decriminalize psilocybin mushrooms, the growing, the gifting, and um, the use, I guess, possession of it in, right. the, in the municipality of Hamden. And in order to do that, you have to collect signatures. And you've been collecting them out, I know, at the bazaar. Have you been collecting them anywhere else? And how close are you to getting the uh, amount of signatures you need? Well, we've actually uh, been able to perhaps attend Best Video Fest, which might be coming. I think they had to postpone it last weekend due to the weather. Um, but we're hoping to also table there at that event as well. Um and, you know, we, we try to go around to the community. If I have time on the weekend myself, perhaps Joe and I will go out and canvas. You know, stuff do you like do that. the cellar? Do you go to the cellar on Treadwell? They'll probably, a bunch of people there would probably sign. <laughs> no, I have personally myself not been over there. Yeah, head on over there. You might get the amount you need. And, and uh, Joe, I want to I want to say that I don't even, so the, the petition portion of it, I, I think is to was a way to get into the community and start talking about it. The signatures, uh, I don't, you know, I think our legislative council members in the town of Hamden, they're very progressive in terms of all kinds of policies. And, you know, I've been talking to different people and it sounds like, you know, what we're putting together is going to easily pass, you know, as an ordinance in town, if we can get it, it you know, once we really put the meat and potatoes and the robustness of it comes, comes together, I think it's going to be something that will, you know, easily pass within town right. and a lot of this is, you know, we want to just to, you know, uh, awareness. Stay, you want to an awareness, and yeah, and then I think I think having the signatures gives it a bit of legitimacy to say, okay, so, so there is people in the community who want this as well. It's not just right. us, you know. There's other people who want this, and yeah, I think uh, you can cite those studies from Yale since it was done right here in Connecticut. Absolutely. Go, you know, that the efficacy of it. There's other studies. Yeah, put together a good package. And like you said, they've been very good with you so far with what you're doing. So maybe this could be the next level, the next step for Hamden. And then maybe, you know, we'll talk to Kimora maybe, but then other com communities like East Hartford or Hartford, you know, we could use that model to push it forward as long as it's successful in Hamden. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I think that that is the plan. I think Connecticut people uh, can really take things into their own hands. And, you know, that's a really uh, strong way of saying, you know, we're not going to criminal have other, you know, people criminalize plants because, you know, of, of stigmas attached to them or fears oh, I lost that, you know, that we really need to have a, you know, a reflective period for everybody. and and. And I think part of that is, you know, having access to these, you know, ethnogenic healing plants that are are not, you know, that are, you know, harmless when 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 treated right, you know, and respected, and and totally you know. agree. I, I mean, we got to look back. And, and Kamora, let's bring you on. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I thought that was Kamora. I want to thank Sammy for his work, and I know that Kamora also does other work around plant-based therapeutics, yeah, and that's... I'd like to thank her and Joseph mm -hmm. as well. Um, and just because this movement is in Hamden, don't let that stop you. Yes. You're in your own community to reach out to your city council members, your state representative. You know, last year we saw that bill fail and with good reason. It just failed because it didn't come up for vote. 
but it, it would have been ultimately um, detrimental to people anyways and incentivize things like, yeah. you know, finding right. people and, and finding people, uh, criminals, you know, facing up to 15 years for growing. And that's so, another thing we ought to revisit this session, Schubert but a little Schubert, rewritten. If you're in any town, please reach out to your state reps and your city council and let them know how you feel about these plant-based therapeutics. Let them know that you're concerned about big business taking these things over and, you know, taking the true therapeutic nature of them away and compassionate nature of them away um, and, and make your voice heard no matter what town you're in. And I think Kamora would agree that, you know, that that's going to go a long way should something start in Hartford. Yeah, Kamora, let's bring you on. And you are um, you are a big advocate of working locally. And just like Lou said earlier, you know, get as local down to the localist level as you can to get started, because that's how you build the grass. You plant a seed deep in the ground. So tell us a little bit about what's happening in Hartford. Not only with the plant medicines, but what's going on at the corner up there? Uh, it's, it's happening at the corner. A lot's happening at the corner. And a lot's happening at the corner for, you know, all the reasons. But because it's political season. And everyone is trying to figure out how to show up in the way that they're supposed to. And I'm really happy that Sam is here bringing in that social work component. You know, that that piece of this conversation is like, he graduated from the University of Connecticut School of Social Work, which is right in Hartford. And we're like... We're so ridiculously trauma-informed. You know, when I come, there's going to be some ridiculous, awful story. But we just had, I today's my birthday. I turned 50. Right. And we just had a murder-suicide um, with two men who are older than me. And it's because of trauma. And people can't deal with, the with uh, you know, with everything. And so much of this, I believe wholeheartedly in plant medicine. Folks here have partaken in plant medicine with me. Um Louise was speaking about microdosing earlier. It's my birthday, right? Like, how do we connect with all of the beautiful ways that we're supposed to connect and all the ways that we connect and heal and grow and do what we need to do, right? So I'm happy that it's opening up and I'm happy that it's not just crazy hippies going on trips and it's not just, you know, funny movies making fun of the person who's on this ayahuasca trip or whatever. We'll talk about ayahuasca later, I guess. Yeah, uh, we can. <laughs> I guess... <laughs> But no, but I'm really excited that that's, you know, that we're finally able to start thinking about this as healing and not just getting high. Right. And that Christine is doing what she's doing, you know, up at the governor's mansion. So it's, it's being hit from every corner, every, every way that it needs to happen. And then she just showed up at, you know, so my birthday is Friday night and showed up with all these damn pumpkins, which are great. Right. Because <laughs> last week. Um, there's a bunch of folks who are dealing with homelessness and all of this nonsense who are at the governor's mansion. I'm happy. I'm really happy that y'all have decided to move from the state capitol to the governor's mansion, right? So the truth is the man does not live there. He doesn't sleep there. But well, why is- would he has a beautiful home in Greenwich? Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, nah, yeah. keep going. Fair play. You gotta <laughs> I be able to throw in my dig. <laughs> that's gonna say well if i was the governor thank you because if i was the governor i would live in that house because it's a lot nicer than my house it also has 17 bedrooms so we could house a whole lot of people but that's a different story right right when they have people come in yeah but we're gonna take you know all of those pumpkins we're gonna have a big old painting party on the 21st um, oh great and, yep and i know we're sending some folks out there on the 13th because then on the 14th which is thinking and doing day is the day that we get together and start talking about what it is and how we all work together. So this morning, you know, I t- spoke to Joseph for a little bit this morning 
I also spoke to someone who's running for mayor here in Hartford. I was like, hey, I'm going to be on Cannabis Corner Radio today at one. How do you think? And you all know, like, I'm really, it's here. We're, we're going to talk about what we're doing with, with hemp. But there's this cannabis, this 2%, you know, tax money that's coming. So how is oh, that yeah. going to affect my community, right? And so I need people who are going to be there on Thinking and Doing Day to push the politicians out of their ideas of how this money is going to be spent. Right. And I also spoke to a business person this morning who's getting ready to open up a cannabis business here in dispensary. Hartford. Yeah. Uh, a dispensary and a few other things. Like there's there's going to be some stuff going along with this one. Well, Hartford uh, needs some stuff going on. We sure as hell do. Hartford <laughs> definitely needs stuff going on. Um, and we need people who can come in and make sure that Hartford, Hartford's comfortable with it. And we need to make sure that the tax money is coming into Hartford. And then for us, what we're doing at the space, along with creating spaces for all these conversations to happen and people to get together and know each other and meet the politicians. And again, like explain stuff to politicians. I'm doing, I'm getting ready to do hemp remediation on our land. So if folks have been paying attention, you know, we're 1.7 acres over there. When you walk in the north side, there are big, nasty, disgusting tents and or oil tanks underground, right? So there Mm -hmm. we've got to dig up the dirt and do all this other stuff but on the left on the um southern side it it's horrible but it's not so horrible so there's like this five-year remediation plan that involves hemp and all this great stuff of like cleaning the earth naturally so that cleaning the soil right yeah and so that that's a big project we've got coming up which is you know yay cannabis yay hemp but also sharing this idea to many other places so as we think about these communities that were so horribly negatively affected by by the war on drugs in the 90s yeah give us all the money but also we can clean the land with hemp like we don't need to keep running all over the place trying to figure out how to get a new chemical to do a thing yeah now now let me ask you about that do you have to go through any special permitting process or do you have to buy a license from the state like to grow hemp even though you're probably not really going to use it for anything more you know, you're not going to turn it into CBD or anything. I'm thinking you're going to just grow it to its thing, cut it down and uh, and then grow another crop so you can remediate. You know, that's how you remediate. You grow a constant. You have a constant flow. Obviously, here in Connecticut, you can't. But at least so are you going to have to get a special permit for that or you no, no, get we, permission we, from your local community like we talked about? Just yeah. Yes, yeah, so we've got to work with is? a company that does oh. this. And, and so the, the company that we're working with or that we're going to work with and that they're connected with UConn, right? So that there's got to oh, be okay. all kinds of stuff that they're doing. So no, we don't have to get any special permits, but yes, yeah, it's all kind of built into the process there. So no, I couldn't go out and just grow hemp myself for five years and be like, oh, I'm cleaning the land. So right. it has to be like supervised. That's what I thought. But you're doing it through UConn, which is kind of good. They're probably studying that. So your place will be like, uh, you know, actually not just, hey, let's go hemp, rip it out, put it in. They'll actually be testing the soil and making sure that it's working or what they need to do or whatever, right? Yeah. So it's yeah, kind of a better way to do it than on your own. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah, I want to I, I want to really do it like getting getting the site created as a black history um, and heritage site was one of the important steps of like, this is. Am I a crazy hippie out there in a field playing around? Yup. Um, is this just the project of a crazy hippie out in a field playing around? No. Like this is this is truly healing the it, earth, right? healing the community, and figuring out all of the ways that we're all responsible um, for doing it in all the different ways, which yeah. is kind of cool. But then now the other hemp bed, though, because we're do- we're gonna have the greenhouse that you know we've got the heritage garden that tells the story of 
of the triangle trade, but then we're going to be growing one small bit of tobacco, a small bit of cotton, and a small bit of hemp. And those will just be teaching gardens. And like, there's nothing coming out of any, like, there's not enough of anything coming out of any yeah, of those. Yeah, to make, and you probably even couldn't roll a few cigars out of the amount. It's, it's going to be a little four by four bed so that we can see plants growing and talk about plants growing. That is very cool. And that's going to be up there too. Yep. Now, do you still do the labyrinths and all that kind of stuff? Do you still do other events up there? I know the thinking and doing day is a big thing and that's coming up on Saturday. So what else you got? Let's see what else we have coming up. So like said, we've got the pumpkin painting coming up soon. We've got our regular Wednesdays, which are just hangouts. Um, Friday nights tend to be the lifted labyrinth. So the next lifted labyrinth is on the 20th the 13th. We'll just be there hanging out. So after it's the fall rally, now, so right. there's almost always a crock pot with hot apple cider because that makes me happy. Um, so that'll be there on Friday nights. We're doing the pumpkins, and then we've got a trunk or treat coming up on the 27th. But we're getting ready to, to close down, so we're harvesting. Fr- people who were there Friday night got a lot of lavender. Um, so we still have a whole bunch of herbs. So please, anyone who's in Hartford, come. A, you need to be there for thinking and doing day, but come get a bunch of herbs. Come get the lavender. We've got someone who's going to be making lavender wands. Um, but on Saturday, we've got the two projects. We've got two building projects that'll happen. And we really work hard to get different human beings from different backgrounds together, having different conversations. And again, in Hartford, the North End, when people are talking about cannabis, they're thinking about selling weed. And a lot of people have this background remembrance of how horrible it, how horribly it affected our families. Um, so getting people to come in and have conversations about this new world and cannabis being legal isn't just creating a place for us to go get weed so we can smoke weed and be high. It's opening up a new way for us to like have relationships with plants and each other. Well, I agree. And that's always been my focus. You know, it's never really been the retail market. Um, I, I think there is a need for it and I think there's a place for it. But the real benefit of cannabis, psilocybin, any of these plants that we talk about, whether they be psychedelic or psychotropic or whatever you want to call them or not, is medicinal. And if you decriminalize it and make it um, available for people to use in a medicinal way, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not advocating for big, you know, ayahuasca parties and mescaline parties, whatever. But in a medicinal Joe. way, Joe, yeah. I like to say in a supplemental way because medicinal requires the medical industry. The medical monopoly, there. right. Yeah, right. we're not. So, you know, that's, like that's supplement. A yeah. Right, okay. But Thank that's the that. real benefit. Medicinal, like, so if you'd seen the dad corner on Friday night, you can't tell me that there wasn't magic and medicine happening there, right? Because yeah. there were beautiful, happy people sharing. And and there's healing in there, and it's not thank you, Lewis, because it's like not medicine as in CVS dumb shit, but it's you know, not chemicals, right? It's no, and the communal yeah. weed table, like we have this communal weed table, and it's really nice that everyone brings in whatever they've got, and there's something beautiful, and like that 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 feeling of abundance that is healing, knowing yeah. that yo, so you got weed, that's great, you know. So there's weed over there, you can get it that way. There's that, and then there's the communal table. Get to the communal table. And here we are. That's healing. That is healing. And and like you said, I think the real value is going to come if we can decriminalize these different plants and actually get in there and and research them like we did with cannabis. Just look at the what we have learned 
about the plant since it has been decriminalized and legals. Look at all the the lesser cannabinoids we found, the CBA, the CBG, all these different things that we didn't know existed before that are probably the same in any in psilocybin. There's probably other components in the cactus like you talked about. There's other components. And this is why it's very important to allow research on these things so we can use them medicinally to their full full capacity and uh you know let's open up you know i mean anybody else has anything to say but you know to me the whole idea of making a plant illegal in any state any way is just ludicrous and it's all because they can't patent it right and and that's another one yeah, there's a concern looking looking back at what the state has done thus far since legalization and the inception of the medical program, even the hemp program and industry, which is now adversely affected by overreach and overregulation, along with the term medical, you know, setting things up for the pharmaceutical industry to just kind of take it over. And that's a concern. Uh, cigarette companies moving into our into our communities um, and and taking over cannabis as well, being concerned, the corruption and the monopolies involved so far. We have reason to be concerned. We have reason to build our community with people like Kamora and you know Sammy and Joe and Lewis and, and build our communities and be mindful of who is coming into our communities. I'm so grateful that Kamora is in Hartford. She's seeing that people are coming in and she's holding these people accountable for what they said they were going to do for our communities and, and where these monies are being allocated. Yeah, I like that with the 2% tax uh, going after them. Where's it going? really should right. be paying attention. That's absolutely. Anybody in any community with a dispensary should be on that and say, okay, we're getting our 2%. Where's it going? Go to their mayor or whoever deals with the money there in your, your I, community. I think it's, it's actually 3% municipal. 3%. Oh, yeah. So where's that going? Where's that money going? We want to know. We live here. This is our community. You just got an extra 3% from weed. Where and I need the cannabis community to be a voice there. So in Hartford and, and Hamden, I don't know you as well. I'm I'm always fascinated with how your mayor supports you. Um, but here in Hartford, there are a ton of potheads, a ton of people who enjoy cannabis in all of the many different ways that you can enjoy it. And they are not the voices that are most often heard. So we've got NRZs. And I can tell you, in, in, in our space, I've invited the folks and the people who run the, the, the neighborhood groups. Many of them still, again, think of cannabis as a drug. And when it's time to have real conversations and politicians, it's time for people who can make decisions to be parts of the conversation. They're not informed well enough. And because of, for all of the reasons, the people who know... Like, Christina, you've been to our space and you've had conversations with a whole bunch of other, you've been at the state houses. You guys have talked to lots of folks from Hartford who know the plant, who know the many uses of the plant. And those are not the voices that are often heard in Hartford. So creating creating spaces where not only our politicians, but also going back to that Yukon School of Social Work. The folks who hang out in all of our nice little mental health spaces and do their internships and are still talking to people who, you know, people with extreme PTSD, et cetera, trauma-affected people who are smoking weed and are counseling them out of their drug use. 
that's happening and that's an issue. So as we're looking at what education needs to look like, we really need to remember that in these disaffected communities, as we're trying to create voices for people so that our politicians can hear from people who enjoy cannabis and who use cannabis, the people who are caring for those people have not been trained yet. And so when someone with PTSD comes in and says, you know, I had a really great weekend. I got my hands on some weed on Friday night. You know, I was over at Kimora's space and, you know, I did this, I got this. And then I brought some edibles home and it was wonderful. The counselor who they're seeing is hearing about their drug use. Right. That's right. This person has entered a community that's caring for them. Right, right. Because the counselor still is not educated in the fact of how cannabis can actually help more than any of the psychotropic drugs that they would be prescribing to that person, you know, and obviously I've seen it myself with my own eyes, you know, how much, how many people came through the doors when I was running Health who would come back and say, well, thank you very much, man. I, I got off my, uh, you know, whatever they were on, whatever those drugs are. And now I'm just using weed. And I'm like, hey, that's how it should be. That is what weed is for. That is what cannabis is for, to take the place of those drugs that are being prescribed by the medical monopoly. I, I wanted to mention something regarding the you know, the market that did, okay, so we can't deny that there's a market that pre-existed legalization and regulation in our country and in our state for- In our world. And there were adverse effects of that in many ways, mostly because of these archaic, racist, shitty laws that were enforced by people just doing their job and many families were hurt. But it also put food on plates for many families. It also helped- people to stay together as families in different ways to when they're self-treating with cannabis. So, you know, the legacy market that we're acting as caregivers, dealers in the community can't be denied the existence that they've existed for generations. So although it is therapeutic and it is so, you know, so helpful and so essential for so many people and, and just the way it is, it also has its place in that way where people were made to feel like outlaws and made to hide and made to stay to themselves and, and be scared and feel hunted. That was very real. And it's still yeah. very real. With That's the thing that we have to eliminate. Right. It's still very real. The criminal is the, the message has to be a, taken away from the criminal aspect because seriously, that's no longer a factor. The it's terror the, that's caused our community. A factor. It's only in the mind. It's, it's just only the plan. Because on the paper, it's, it's legal. So <laughs> that's what needs to be changed. And I think the focus of the message does have to focus more on the benefits of it. But why is that happening? Look at Governor Lamont saying this is still a crime by allowing these helicopters and people to get arrested and you know whatever it gets thrown out in court but the resources that are misspent on things that are not important to our communities things that don't put food and bellies and people in houses right and i think again i'll I'll put it simply christina it's easier to change laws than minds and then mindsets we've seen this where the laws change but the people's mindsets don't i would say though i i would i would push on the mindset thing and the more local you can do it the more neighbor to neighbor you can do it and this is right let's let's talk about all those wonderful weird ciphers you've had where somehow you end up in a cipher with people who don't think like you but who smoke weed and this is the only place where the weed is 
one-on-one, -on -one we can have these conversations. And when enough of us are asking our politicians the same questions, laws can change quickly. Right. If there's not enough of us pushing them, like many laws move slowly, but, but look, look at a bunch of stuff. People get pissed off. People get upset. Everyone makes the phone call on the same day and everyone thinks the same thing. You can push. And on this one, there was a time when people didn't think cannabis was the worst thing ever, right? You know, so my family's a jazz family. People have heard that. You can talk, you get some right. old jazz musicians into a room and boy, is that an education. But there was a time when we didn't all know that cannabis was a gateway drug to heroin and did all this other crap. It so wasn't we, though. See, that was all propaganda. No, no I'm saying it, it never was. It absolutely never was. But there is conditioning and all kinds, you know, there's reefer madness and all the nonsense. That's what I'm like saying. It's, 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 it's up here. Yeah. And our job is to change that. And if he's like, Joe, you got to come to a lifted labyrinth. You've got to come just. I will. I just need to get a car. I'm here in Connecticut. I just need to have a car. But I'm getting the wrap up <laughs> sign from oh. the chief there. So let's go down the line. Um Starting, Christina, tell us about the rally, how everybody can get in touch with the Canawaris. And I want to hey. do Sam. Okay, don't forget that we have a rally Friday the 13th at the Governor's Mansion. In the meantime, uh, and that's at 10 a.m., 990 Prospect Avenue, parking at Elizabeth Park in Hartford. Um, in the meantime, please email um, both the commissioner of the DCP, your local level government, as well as the governor. And I'll be posting some information that you can just copy paste and pick and choose what you'd like to support and just send it on its way all week this week. And please also feel free to call. We'll post the numbers. I hope to see everyone there. Thank everyone for their support. A big thank you to Aaron Romano for taking the case of the West Hartford man that was caught growing pro bono. Shout out to him and our cannabis community for standing strong and firm and sticking together let's continue to communicate thank you kamora for everything joe uh, and they joe. can follow you at can of warriors right mm -hmm. at can of warriors okay kamora real yeah. quick how do they get in touch with you labyrinth uh thinking and doing where mm -hmm. do they find you they can find us on instagram kamora's cultural corner facebook kamora's cultural corner i think that um what do you call it tiktok is doing some stuff these days so again kamora cc over there um and Friday morning, we will not be at the governor's mansion with Christina because I've got my members only community conversation. So if you join us on Patreon or if you go to the website and join us, you can be a part of that conversation. Um, but hopefully and I'll be talking to Evie. Hopefully there will be someone who's up there at the governor's mansion who can call in and be a part of our conversation as well. We've done that with other folks up there. But that's it. Find us online and then just come play with us. Come through. All right, Joe, real quick. Um, uh, Joe and so you Sam, both follow, you guys. How follow, do we do the follow uh, us on New England Craft Cannabis Alliance on Facebook on CT Canna Warriors? Join the group on Facebook, and then of course on Instagram. It's support your local seven ten for all the updates. What's going on with the psychedelic decriminalization in Hamden? Yeah. All right, Sam. Any final words? Because I'm getting the word now. Gotcha. Yeah, I just wanted to say that, you know, with the whole uh, mushroom decrim stuff, my hope is that we, you know, under this umbrella of CT Cannon Warriors are able to talk with and form relationships with those, uh, perhaps outside of the Connecticut cannabis community, such as local law enforcement, frontline healthcare workers, veterans, and most importantly, rare legislative officials. I think it should be uh, recognized that this is going to be a joint effort so that the appropriate safeguards can be implemented within a community building or a community-based healing context. If we are serious about right decriminalizing psychoactive and potentially dangerous yet naturally occurring materials, 
So I think we must make an effort to reduce risks and harm so that mistakes made during the 60s and 70s, you know, aren't repeated. Very okay. cool. All right. And uh, so we're we're all, we're just about uh, ready to go. And uh, you can find me at Joe the Weed Guy on all social media on Facebook uh, and Instagram. Also at Cannabis Corner Radio and uh, at Greenhaven Media. I'm all over the place. Uncle Lou, got any final words before we sign out? Stay happy and healthy and high, everybody. Bye. All right. Thank, thank you. you thank you, Joe. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, Kamora. Thank you, Stan. We hope to see you all this Friday at the rally. If not, we'll see you at Kamora's on Saturday. So let's all get together. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you all next week.